Okay, everybody, we decided to take this week off, so here's one of our classic episodes. Hope you enjoy. too real too are you are you i am i am are you yeah oh i already asked you that didn't i or no i asked the folks we are we are i don't know if the I, they, people yeah are. they didn't answer us well i couldn't hear them. that's rude of them but whatever we'll, <sighs> we'll we'll get their attention one of these days one day one day anyways uh <laughs> welcome to the show folks uh today we're uh discussing something very interesting here what do you want to call this here like weird and wacky fan theories about like TV and movies here. Yeah, that's a long name, but yeah, we can <laughs> that. Wacky fan theories maybe. Weird wacky fan theories of TV shows. Yeah. All too wacky. All too uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Some> maybe not. <laughs> sorry. Maybe not. Uh yeah. All too really wacky. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all too strange. Okay, maybe. All too crazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. All too weird. We just call it all too real too, and just just keep the. I mean, we're, I'm going to keep the same name for the show. I'm oh just, yeah. yeah. This special episode. Yeah, whatever. All right. So okay. Anyways, this special episode we're discussing. Uh, Matt and I both chose five different fan theories that we found on the interwebs. The 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 net of inter. <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> uh, that. That we kind of found enjoyable. I'm gonna let Matt talk about his first, his five first, and we're gonna kind of discuss each one as we go. And hopefully, you'll enjoy our nice little discussion of these crazy, 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 wacky, 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 weird and wild fan theories. They're all too wacky and weird. Um, uh, good. I like that DJ voice. Hey. All of a sudden, you changed into a DJ voice. Yes, I did. Okay, folks, these are wacky, wacky, wacky. All right. Anyways, okay, here we go. Um. All right, what's the first one here, Matt? It's the SS Minnow was actually a drug vessel. Okay, if you don't know what the SS Minnow was, that was the <laughs> vessel on Gilligan's Island. So what what what's the deal here? What what are people saying? Basically <coughs> that like okay, so how do I explain this? Like it's it's hard to put into words, but basically it had something to do with like someone had taken way too much luggage on the boat for like a three-hour boat ride because it was supposed to be like a three-hour 
Yeah, painted. almost all of them did. I mean, they yeah. all had changes of clothing, right. and stuff, except for Gilligan and Skipper. Exactly. So it was kind and of the like professor, maybe too. But what's you know what's going on with that? And then and then, uh, especially the Howells, though the Howells tended to have Mr. and Mrs. Howell had a lot of different clothing. Right. So it, it always kind <laughs> of had some sort of like thing. And then uh, one one of them was supposed to be actually an undercover um, agent. I forgot which character, and that they were they were essentially going to make like the bust. Before everything happened, and of yeah. course they uh, they I couldn't. Think it was Mary Ann. That's that right. It was, I think Mary yeah. Ann was supposed to be like a, an undercover agent that was going to arrest them before everything went south, and then now yeah. she had to keep her cover because she was stuck with them. So if, if they knew that she was going to arrest them, they probably would kill her on the island because there's no rules there and whatever. And it's just a, a weird like take on such a like happy show oh like, yeah you know what i mean like because it makes it like I've, really really dark like i read another one too where they were saying that uh like gilligan's island was hell oh and, yeah and each of the each of the characters represented like the seven deadly sins <laughs> so yeah you know there's a lot of weird theories which about one gilligan's... is um uh which one would be uh gilligan or skipper Skipper, I think, was like gluttony or something. All right, okay. What about Gilligan, though? What would he be? I can't remember. Just goofy? Is that a sin? No. Oh, okay. Oh. No, that, no, no, that's a Disney character. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know now that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's crazy. Um, But, that, but th- this one, I mean. What do you think the chances of that being part of the idea that um, that Sherbert Schwartz had when he created the TV show? I don't think so. I don't because either. it was not that kind of a show. No, and plus during that era, that wasn't really a thing that people were doing for the most part, except if you were like really, really edgy and and trying to do something different. But it yeah, wasn't there wasn't really a lot of like uh, metaphors and symbolism when it comes to things, in my opinion. Then, but it, it, I do like the idea. It's it's an interesting theory that they had. But yeah. What was the next crazy, crazy one? Uh, it was uh, Zach Morris actually is living in the fantasy world. And, and Zach Morris, in case you don't know, is the uh, lead character in Saved by the Bell, as as well as Good Morning, Miss <clears throat> Bliss, yes. the show prior to it. Yeah, Good Morning, Miss Bliss was the show on the Disney Channel, which took place in Indiana, and they were um, uh, junior high. I think they were in seventh grade. And he was kind of like... He, he aspired to be the Zach Morris that he was later on in high school, but he didn't ever quite no, – no one ever quite saw him that way, so it didn't really work. Like, he, he tried to do, like, schemes, and he tried to, you know, like, I don't know, be seductive, I guess, to the yeah. girls. But he, no he, one, was, he was kind of more of a nerd. No one, yeah, no one really took him seriously. And then uh, the theory is is that when the sh- that show got canceled or got changed into Saved by the Bell – yeah, um, retooled as they call it in the business. Yeah, retooled, and um, <laughs> Miss Bliss was removed from the show completely. So was a few of his um, friends, and then a few of them stayed on. Like Lisa was there. Screech, you know, yeah, came basically it was Lisa Screech and, and that, him. And that was and it, then, right? Uh, Lisa Screech, and yeah, I think, I think that was it, right? Yeah, because uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because like Slater. Um, Kelly and uh, Jesse were all new creations for the for the new series, so only yeah. half of them came back. And Mr. Belding came back too. That's right, Mr. Yeah. Belding. So the theory is is that since Good Morning Miss Bliss took place in Indiana, and since there were so many characters that 
existed and, in the new one that and Saved by the Bell took place in at Bayside yeah, in California. California, in Southern so California. What are the odds that all these people would move to the same town at the same time and go to the same school? Yeah, and also work at the same school. It just seemed kind of a strange thing. So this theory is that he's pretty much just dreaming this up during one of his daydreams at school or whatever. Yeah, but this is the '80s and the '90s when you can have a show like. Uh, Boy Meets World, where you have the same teacher for every class yeah, well, your whole fucking life. Yeah, that's the other Anyways, thing. Anyways, so <laughs> I noticed that. I'm like, how is Mr. Feeney teaching every single class? Like, he just does multi-subjects? Like, what? Even uh, when they go to college? Is he the only teacher who works <laughs> I in know. school? Like, who no, else? there was Mr. Turner. Yeah, but then he got into, like, a bike, a motorcycle accident, and no, no one ever saw him again. <laughs> yeah. So you don't know what happened to him. Did he die? There's got to be some theories there. Yeah, we should have looked that one up. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll do that another time. Another maybe. time, yeah. And um, so basically, this theory is just that he he's dreaming all of this up because he's kind of like a dweeb, if you will, if you're if you're 1987, a dweeb, uh, who you know is like the golden boy who can do no wrong, as this article says, and how you know the girls are just fawning after him, and they they you know fall for his quite stupid seductive techniques that really aren't. Yeah, at it's all like everybody convincing. wants to, every girl wants to date him, every guy wants to be him, right? And it's kind of crazy, and then you know the and I mean. The only character that didn't really change from the one show to the other, I mean, I guess Belding didn't really change much, but Screech didn't change at all. Screech was kind of nerdy. Actually, Screech kind of got nerdier. He did, yeah. It was like, I don't know. Yeah, Screech, they kind of did the whole, like, take him to the extreme. Yeah, where you, you become a caricature like, of a caricature. Like Britta did on Community, or yeah. what they did to Britta on yeah. Community. Where she kind of had that going on. And I think they did bit. that on purpose on Community oh. more than on, like, this show where it just yeah. kind of gradually happened um yeah or like the whole like steve urkel mm-hmm. type thing of the era right God, yeah. urkel mania yeah yeah and uh there, there was even some quote evidence with the actual theme song to the show where oh, yeah he's talking about like because he, he wakes up in the morning yeah. bell gives out a warning right and don't know if i can make it on time right and then, dun, 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 dun. give it's myself it's all right because I'm saved by the bell. And the bell, I guess, is supposed to be his his alarm, like waking him up or well, something. Well, no, that yeah. the, the bell would make him go into fantasy world, though, yeah, because that would be where he wants. Oh, to be, gotcha. I think I don't know. It had something to do like that. It was it, that's that's pretty much all there is to this that theory. Is, that's not. Yeah, because the, the lyrics of the song don't really fit his character at all. I don't because he's not the type you know to do those things. And it's like you right. know. Because, like we said, everybody bows to Zach, and he gets away with so much shit. I yeah, mean, like I mean, I love those things that uh, Funnier Die do, where those oh, like uh, Zach Morris is trash. Zach thing. Morris is trash. Yeah, because um, he is. It's like they're the, hilarious. All the things he's pulled, like how has he not gone to jail for any mm-hmm. of these things? Like, or some of them at least. And I mean, I don't think this was a purposely done thing that they did when they were retooling the show, because I don't think they were smart enough to do this. But I totally buy this theory. Because but, it makes sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, really, it seems like that whole show. Because, I mean, the thing is, they were in school for way too long, too. Yeah, weren't they, like, six years in high yeah. school or something like that? And then you have, like, characters just disappear. Like, for a, for a little bit there, uh, was it, like, Kelly and uh, Kelly and um, and Jesse just disappeared for a while, and they replaced, they replaced them with Tori. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they had those, like, rotating episodes where, like, one week Tori would be there, and then the next week <laughs> Kelly and... Because I actually know what happened behind the scenes. There was, like, negotiations of their contracts. Oh, okay. And they had already shot, and, and NBC wanted more episodes. So they shot them, and then they just rotated them in. But it's funny. Then, like, Tori's not there when they graduate. Like, 
you know, is Tori just a made-up character in Zack's head? Like, you know, he's trying to deal, and it's Tori in certain ways was like kind of a combo of Kelly and uh, and Jesse in certain ways, personality-wise. You know, it was like, hey, we can get this one actress and get her to play basically two characters. Um, <laughs> that's my theory on that one. I really like this theory a lot, yeah. and I think there could be, like, I don't know, essays written upon this probably, and there probably are. There probably are. And what what would make what would that do with the college years? Then would that be also part of his fantasy? I think so, but I mean, but that's more of like but, a fever dream, though. But then we get into like the new class, where nothing makes no. sense because that is not Zach's not part of that. That's right. Screech is Sc- Screech comes in like the second season after uh after the college years got canceled. Yeah, they brought Screech back. Okay, and he's the assistant prince, assistant to the principal. And, and Belding's still after there, after right? going to one year of college, he's an assistant. Yeah, pr- that's he's like an assistant. Principal that's pretty impressive. School. I mean, I didn't know you could get that in a well, year. Apparently, if you're Screech, you can. But yeah, and then, and, and, and then that show just had like such a turnover, like in a cast. It was like, a weird. Every, I, I liked it, but it was like they rehashed stories, and then they had like the first the first season they had like rehashed characters. Like there was a there was an, a there was a character that named Weasel who was basically Screech and like stuff okay. like that. So it was like every character totally was a. a carbon copy like five times removed from the other characters <laughs> uh, but um yeah but it, you know it, uh, so that that's the only part of this thing that doesn't make it logical because the whole unless unless somehow the new class was somebody else's fever dream i don't Ooh. know maybe it was belding's there could have been screeches or no it have to be belding because he's the only one there the whole time oh yeah that's right who knows maybe this whole thing is not really screeches i mean zach's dream maybe <laughs> it's belding maybe it's belding's <laughs> Somehow he's dreaming that he wants Zach to be cool. What, I don't know. Belden <laughs> probably wishes he was the fantasy version of Zach Morris that doesn't exist in real life. <laughs> so he sees Zach Morris struggling in junior high, and he's like, oh, I was just like that kid. You know what? It, it's too late for me to be the cool kid, but hopefully he could be the cool kid. So then he, he has a fantasy of, has a, of a student, dream and then, yeah. which is kind of creepy because he's having fantasies about a student. Well, okay, whatever. Yeah. Having fantasies about yeah, a teenage yeah, boy. Anyways, yeah, like, uh, let's not let's, go there. Let's, um, okay, let's move on to the yeah, next, let's, let's, the next wacky, ray, crazy uh, theory. This one is really kind of crazy. This one is actually yeah, disturbing. It's Toby is the real Scranton Strangler from The Office. The okay. character named Toby, Toby. Toby Flenderson, played by Paul Lieberston, who was also one of the writers on the show. But yeah. Th- there was a, yeah, there was a uh, serial killer who was who would strangle people, and Toby had been uh, asked, or not asked, but been summoned to be on the, the jury to either, you know, say he's guilty or not guilty. And uh, he, he was the only one for a while to question whether or not he was guilty, and he was kind of holding up the jury, and they yeah. were all kind of getting mad at him for, you know, being the one person that was the standing out, and then he eventually caved in and, uh, you know, put his own guilty plea, and then they end up sending him for, like, life in prison or whatever or i'm not sure how many years if it was life or, or well, not but um and the, the theory goes is that this kind of happened a while back but then he started becoming like obsessed with the scranton strangler uh later on because he, he had like doubts of whether or not he was really guilty and he like he it kept eating at him like he couldn't like live life without like without just knowing just knowing if he had to, if he did the right thing or whatever. So then he actually visited uh, the guy in prison, and the guy like 
I jumped over to like try to attack him. So the theory here is that the guy was framed and Toby is the one that really is a Granta Strangler. So then the guy was so furious that someone would come to visit him who was like the actual killer and just kind of taunting him like, oh, I came to visit you in prison type thing. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, at one point he goes to try to make a new life in Costa Rica. Right. That's kind of hmm. weird. Hmm. And then doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. Which it didn't explain why he even did that either. Was he yeah. running away from something? Like, I mean, that's kind of odd, right? I know. Did he kill someone? He's like just skipping town type of thing. Like, or did he go to Costa Rica to try to murder people there? Yeah, who knows? I mean, and then he moves back. So then maybe that's all that moving back and forth was all about was kind of like to kill people and then leave. And then, um, so, um, that's pretty much all there is to that one. It's, 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 it's you know, it's kind of disturbing, but there's not much to it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think my personal opinion on it, that could be, but I doubt they int- intended that at all, but they no. might have, might, they might have put hints in there just to make you think it. Yeah. It's one of those things where that's what newer writers do now is like they, 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 they pepper in things just in case. Yeah. Okay, Matt, uh, what's the next crazy, crazy, wacky, wild, weird, unbelievable, strange, exotic, mind-blowing, amazing, um, (laughs) splendiferous fan theory that we have here? It's uh, the U.S. government canceled Firefly. Okay, this one really intrigues me, man. Yeah, this one is actually <coughs> one of the most interesting ones. Yeah, Firefly, the J.J. Abrams show, which was quite possibly one of the best shows ever on television. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, it only lasted 11 episodes. Literally, nobody saw it coming. Like, like everyone thought this was going to be a show for, like, the ages. Like, especially fans, but even critics were, you know, thought this was such a... And then just, you know, lasted, like, all but 11 episodes, and then yeah. that's it. There was talks. The ratings kind of sucked. Well, it, yeah, yeah, but they also aired it out of order and shit too. Well, Fox start, fucked with it. See, that's the thing too. Yeah, one of the episodes. So like, there was a whole continuity issue that yeah, a was, lot of time that confuses people, viewers. Because it was a later episode that aired as the, as, right. as the first episode, and the pilot la- aired later so in the season. You already learned stuff that you weren't supposed to learn yet, and yeah. it's just weird. And uh, but basically, it's it's about like it's called like a space opera, I guess, and it's about like a. A kind of like a group of rebels who are like fighting an oppressive like almost kind of like a fascistic regime called Un- Union of Allied Planets and um, you know, they're basically like your your typical like conquer all you know have a very strict kind of structured life for the people you know like curfews and everything yeah. you know, it's very very hierarchical type of society that they you know are trying to impose on all the planets and you know, this this is like a group of rebels that are trying, you know, to fight against that, and uh, and also they're making money by being like kind of bounty hunters. And well, stuff yeah, they were doing all yeah. kinds of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of like a Han Solo type thing, like you know, where you know they were good guys, but they were still had like their own kind yeah, of yeah. It's, it's like Han Solo like, or Cowboy Bebop sort of yeah, thing or whatever. I think Cowboy Bebop is probably the closest probably uh, in tone to it. Yeah, if you haven't seen that show, it's a really good show. Just yeah, check it. I mean, the greatest, you probably greatest yeah. anime series ever made, in my yeah. opinion. But that's only my opinion, and yes. you know, my opinion matters because well, I'm always right. You're, yeah. Well, oh wait, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I guess the theory to this, the people like the fans who have this belief, is that uh, this was 2002. At, you know, it's the fall season, 
2002, and during this time, uh, the Bush administration was just starting to ramp up uh, propaganda, you know, to um, justify a war about six months later. And I remember this because it was like in September or August of that year, and I actually remember um, going to my yeah, friend's house. it was canceled just three minutes before uh, – three, mu- <laughs> three, three minutes. minutes. Yeah, three minutes before the war. <laughs> three months before the uh, invasion of Iraq. Right. And the, and the show started just around the same time that they, because I remember this actually very vividly, is that I'd, I'd come home from school and went to my friend's house, and uh, his parents always had the news on, like CNN or whatever, and uh, it was right there where they had like a big thing, like like a like an art thing saying like, you know, Saddam Hussein or whatever, and that was like the very first like day that they started, like the media started kind of like ramping up that thing, yeah. And the, so the show started around that same exact probably if not that week probably within two weeks of that um of that starting out so the theory is is that since the show is about like a group of rebels fighting against like a like a basically like an empire you know yeah so the idea is that the united states is like kind of like you know its own empire so the the bush administration was like so paranoid about like um like anti-government sentiment because this is right just like a year after 9-11 yeah. too so like there was a lot of like like anybody who said anything against the government for any reason whatsoever was kind of suspect as mm-hmm. like being like really like some kind of radical or whatever so now you have a tv show that never that, happens anymore no well oh wait well no <laughs> it, it, it was it was a different time yeah as jeff winger was said 2002 was a simpler time even yes. though it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't at all but yeah, the, the the only reason why I'm doing the back background is because that's kind of what was going on. Oh yeah, at that time. definitely. And this was a this was an actual TV show that kind of could be interpreted in that way or inspire people to kind of have uh, that kind of point of view about some about like empires starting wars with like smaller groups or smaller. And so that's the idea is that the government pretty much either canceled it themselves. Which I don't think the government actually has yeah. authority to cancel a TV show. At least not in this country. I know in Canada, the government's more involved in like TV, isn't it? It's yeah, a but, bit but the thing like, is, it, here it's. I mean, it, there are certain things that the you know, like the FCC, okay, won't let me be or me be me. Oh wait, no, was, um, no, no. <laughs> no, the uh, the FCC can you know control over mm-hmm. you know what goes out there, but they have no control over what Fox decides to right. air and what they don't, and even with you know, Rupert Murdoch being a strong Republican and probably mm-hmm. or not Republican or at least conservative because he's not even a U.S. citizen as far as I know. Oh, yeah. he, he's Australian, so oh, I don't okay. know. But anyways, the uh, who owns Fox, or oh. at least at the time, and he'll still own the network. I think he still owns it. Yeah, yeah, he does right now, but he'll still own the network even after the uh, Disney uh, merger. Oh, okay. Yeah, he won't, own, uh, he won't own the film company, but he'll own the... TV network. Okay. So, anyways, <laughs> it's a weird world it's a we live in. Yeah. yeah, but anyways, he. Uh, I, I doubt that with him even being as conservative as, as he is, that the government has any say in what Fox decides to air. It boils down to the reason it got canceled is that Fox just fucked with because Fox at the time and still to this day to a point don't really know how to schedule things. Right. They, they never learn. They they never they they schedule things at weird times. I mean, because there's a lot of good shows that came out over the years that died on Fox. Like, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. 
Well, they didn't die. They no, they canceled, canceled it. it. Yeah. yeah, even though it was getting good ratings. Right. But that that that's more of a that's more of a money thing too. Okay. When it comes to that, that's a that's a synergy problem where you've got that show being produced by Universal but airing on Fox. Oh, okay. And then NBC is owned by Universal, right. Comcast. So, yeah, I could see. You that. know, that's what it's it it should have been on. NBC in the first place. It's that type of show, anyway. It's yeah, not, it's not a Fox type of show. No, it's not. It's, it's, I mean, it's so. Anyway. I mean, Fox was trying to get that kind of show, though. Oh, you know, okay. which was good at the time. But you know, and I mean, it's just like why they they brought in you know Tim Allen's show, Last Man Standing, because that's produced by Fox, whereas it was on ABC, which that's is a right. Disney channel, Disney owned station. So you know, the reason that that show got canceled, and then there was like a whole conspiracy about the about liberals getting it canceled because oh, yeah. you know, because um but th- you know which is in my opinion just as insane as this theory if not more but um <laughs> it's it, it, but it in in Tim Allen himself has even come out and said that it was a money thing right which it was because you know you got a show that's being produced by Fox but it's not airing on ABC and so it's you got to pay two companies yeah, it's, essentially it, yeah it's easier to it's easier to have something in house Right and, and produce it, and plus Tim Allen was asking for more money on his contract, right, which I mean, star, I mean, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, regardless, he he probably deserved it because you know he it's not. I mean, I'm not you know I'm not a big fan of his, but I'm not going to deny the fact that the guy is popular, and you know people like him, and I mean he did do home improvement for years, I and mean, probably yeah. it's not like he's just a nobody. Actor, no, he's a pretty know. big star. Yeah, so he, plus, he probably deserves to be paid big star money. And I don't think ABC was willing to pay him, so that's why they right. canceled the show. Which and makes plus, sense. He was in one of my favorite movies of all time. What's that? It was called, um, oh, shoot. I forgot the name of it now. Is Damn it, it Big Trouble? Yeah, Big Trouble. That's one of my, one favorite. Of my favorite movies it's of one all of my time. No, it's one of my favorite of all time, too. That's yeah, seriously yeah. one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. So he was it's my that. favorite Tim Allen movie, yeah, for sure. Yeah, mine, too. Yeah, and I actually kind of like Christmas with the Cranks a little bit. Oh, I, I love I, I love Christmas with the Cranks. I watch that every Christmas. <laughs> yeah, me too. And then I I, mean, I liked him, Ellen, a lot. Yeah, Don't me get me too. wrong. I'm just not a big fan of him politically. Right, but I'm, right. I the thing is, unlike some people, <laughs> I don't hold somebody's politics. Right in mind when they're acting right you know whatever i might disagree with them but i i know people that are on either side of the coin it's like you know oh i'm a republican so i can't like that guy because he's a democrat or oh, i'm a democrat i can't like that guy because he's a republican i tend to be more liberal about things but i'm not a democrat or a republican right. but still just because somebody's a conservative person i mean i i you know i can't deny that and there are also liberal people like mm-hmm. i can't stand bill maher and he's pretty liberal oh god yeah. so yeah i'm just saying he, he is well the thing about yeah. him is that he's so arrogant yeah and that's that, my problem with and him. that he, like just even by when you just hear him talk you can just hear the tone in his voice that like 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 i'm better than you like it just yeah has this like i know so much more things than you do where, where, like, whereas I, I was at work and i'm talking to mm-hmm. a friend of mine who's really conservative and he loves Bill Maher, mm-hmm. so it's just you never you know you never yeah. know. It's just funny. It's it, we're talking and we just found it really hilarious that I'm more liberal and he's more conservative and he likes Bill Maher and I hate him. Yeah. So I don't necessarily hate him. I mean, whatever. Well, I, just, I know what dis- you mean. I dislike his. Humor. I despise his. I I used to be a fan of his when I was really young. I was like sixteen. Yeah. I had a, I did have a Bill Maher phase. At I that do age. like the movie Religious that he did. Yeah, that's all right. It's actually it's, good. It's a decent yeah. movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, even though even in that movie. He kind of he seems arrogant in it, but I like the points of view that it brings forward, and it actually makes you think. That's what I like about it. Yeah, I know, but even in that movie, he kind of he treats some religions like Islam with like 
fire, like every every little thing yeah. can be criticized. But when it came to, I noticed this when it came to the religions that he was raised in, just Judaism and Catholicism, he was very soft on those. Oh yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And he's he, such he, a, he he seems like really a, hard on on Islam and well, like he's always and, been, and, hates, and um and like LDS. He he hates Islam and Muslims. He, he, that, yeah, that, and, he, but he he also seemed pretty harsh on uh, on on. On, on, on the Latter-day Saints Oh, yeah, I, know, well. I remember yeah. that, too. But, yeah, so, yeah. This is another kind of crazy, wild, wacky one. Uh, oh, yeah, the Flint... This is one. I like this one a lot. Um, well, the Flintstones hmm. uh, takes place in a post-apocalyptic future. And all... What's up? Oh, oh you know, go ahead. Oh, yeah. sorry. And, um, and also, I guess, like, a B-side to this um, theory is that the Jetsons and the Flintstones take place during the same time period. And the idea is that the Jetsons, because they were kind of like a rich or well-to-do family, so the idea yeah. is that the, the, the wealthier people are able to um, live up in the clouds called Cloud City because the whole the earth was pretty much like scorched or whatever through like some kind of nuclear holocaust. This was, again, during the Cold War in the yeah. 1960s. So a lot of people were actually worried about like a nuclear holocaust not just in here, but also in the Soviet yeah. Union. The, the the government in the Soviet Union was also telling its citizens that the United States was going to bomb them into oblivion. So a lot of people in the world were really, really concerned about, like my parents, for example, like when they were in school, they made them do that stupid duck and cover thing. Like, like that oh, yeah. actually save you from anything, it, you know. But it, so people actually did have those kind of like um, drills or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So the idea, you know, what here, will save you though, if you get in, if if you get inside of a a, uh, a refrigerator like Indiana Jones oh, yeah. in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, um, yeah, that's not going to save you. But either. then that, but then they had those those um, um, cartoons or, or commercials later on saying don't hide, don't go in the refrigerator yeah. because you might get stuck and you can't yeah. get out and you die inside. No, but it's actually proven that uh, what Indiana Jones did in that movie would not have saved him. He really? would have died. He would have died. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. He yeah, so. I mean, it's just made out of some kind of steel. I mean, it's not going to. Or plastic even it's not going to save you. Yeah. Well, supposedly the lead lining in it or no, something. It was, it was, yeah, it's no, it's not going to do anything. And uh, I mean, if anything, it just might take a little longer, but make you <laughs> live in misery while you hear destruction all around you instead of just having it be a quick. You're gonna. Thing. You, you you might have a a a, 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 a refrigerator collapse around you instead yeah. of near you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but anyways, uh, so so yeah, this theory is that the Jetsons were a wealth were part of a wealth wealthier class, and that they were able to live in Cloud City, whereas the Flintstones were, uh, you know, couldn't afford to live there, so they were forced to live on Earth. Was Lando Calrissian in this Cloud City? No, he was. Oh, okay, he was making sure. Was it actually called Cloud City or my? No, called, oh, it was Orbit City. Orbit Sorry, City. Orbit. Yeah, I no. keep calling it Cloud. Wow, <laughs> I keep calling it Cloud City. It, no, it's cool. It makes so, sense. Yeah, an Orbit City. And, yeah. Um, and, and the, the, the the sort of like I guess evidence for this, uh, for want of a better word, is uh, is that the Flintstones like used like dinosaurs and animals as like to do like modern like tools. So the idea is like, well, how would they know how to like, use like, that they, as like a... they had the idea of a vacuum cleaner because they used to have them right. prior to the post apocalyptic thing but, happening. But my question is. Okay, there's dinosaurs in this world. Yeah. So where did the dinosaurs come from? I don't it, know. They just they just appear at the nuclear holocaust. Like, and, and then I have the question. There's the movie too. There's a movie uh, oh, that's right. that, yeah, that's the, the both, Jetsons meet yeah. the Flintstones or whatever that. it is, or the Flintstones meet the Jetsons, whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. So and they time travel. That's right. Okay. And I haven't seen that in ages. I haven't either. Oh, and I'm God. trying to remember the details of that movie, but I'm just trying to figure out how that explains this theory. 
I, I don't remember the time travel part. I, I do remember the part where they had the music video of Take On Me. Oh, did they? Yeah, uh, the Jetsons' daughter. I forgot her name. Uh, whatever her name is. Um, um, Judy. Judy. I guess she has a crush on this guy or something, and she kind of has like this like daydream or whatever. Was I'm that like, in that movie, or I was think... that in the Jetsons movie? Oh, maybe it was because there was also the Jetsons movie that was in theaters. Oh, maybe. It was yeah, that, in that th- this one was like I think a made-for-TV or direct-to-video yeah. or whatever it was at the time. Yeah. But it was like the Flintstones meet the Jetsons, or Jetsons meet the Flintstones, and um, <laughs> it uh. Yeah, I just remember there was time travel involved, and I'm pretty sure, like, I can't remember if it was. I think I think it was like that. George and the and the Jetsons family traveled back to the time period of the Flintstones. But yeah, my yeah. but my theory is maybe they didn't really time travel and they just fell down there. Yeah, maybe they just yeah they fell from orbits <laughs> and know. they couldn't afford to go back. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember, um, I remember George. I think trying to drive the car and couldn't figure it out or something yeah. like that because they used their feet. I think. Now I'm gonna have to look this movie yeah, this up this and watch a, it. Yeah, it's been a while since I've yeah. seen it. It's been ages since I've seen it. But yeah, that's basically the the gist of that theory. Is that, yeah, I don't is that, I don't really buy. I don't it. buy. It. I mean, it's it's kind of fun to. It's think a fun about. theory to think about. Okay, now here's like that. That was your fifth fifth one that you chose oh, here. Okay. So now we've got um, there's five that I looked through. Um, not necessarily my favorite theories, but ones I chose, <laughs> if that makes sense, um, that I found online. Okay, uh, this one is kind of crazy. Jack in Titanic, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, is from the future. Um, basically, could uh, Jack Dawson's intentions for saving Rose have been something other than love? Um, fan theory uh, posits that, uh, that he's actually a time traveler who... Uh, came from the future to uh, keep Rose from committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, some signs that they're saying here is that uh, say, talk about like his, his anachronisms and his fashion, like his mm-hmm. haircut and his backpack were, weren't common until later. Um, they also mentioned stuff about... Uh, he talked about like man-made structures that weren't yet created in 1912, like a roller coaster that he mentions on the Santa Mon- and uh, on the Santa Monica Pier that wasn't there. Um, yeah, I I don't buy this one at all because that's one of the weakest ones I think. Yeah, me too. But I mean, there's people out there that truly believe this, and whatever. I mean, I guess I could see that to a point. But my thing is, is it's a movie. The reason his hair looks different is because that was the hairstyle of the time and that was the hairstyle that Leonardo DiCaprio had um <laughs> I don't know not saying that they in sometimes people just tend to not really be that accurate when it comes to hairstyles because you'll see a movie made in the 70s that takes place in the 30s and mm-hmm. you'll be like they didn't have they, they they totally have 70s hairstyles but <laughs> right. it's the 30s or you know you'll see something in the 90s like this one and they have 90s hairstyles but it takes place in 1912 and <laughs> I don't know I don't buy this one eh. as a good theory. Uh, uh, it's a very weak. It, it's it's, it's weak. probably the weakest one. We I have mean, on this for list. one thing, yeah, it is. Like for one thing, I've seen actually pictures of people during that time period who do kind do of have, have that hair. Yeah, I do so too. It's and not like it. Was, I mean, and 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 honestly, I think the the him referencing uh, a. Uh, Roller coaster is just somebody didn't do their research. I was gonna say, yeah. I don't the, think that was intended no, that he was a was time just, traveler. People, that's fail. just that's just a that's just a, a 
a flub yeah. in the movie, you know. But, you know, that, I guess that's where theories come from, though. A lot of times are flubs in yeah. movies that people create theories based upon them. So I'm not going to totally poo-poo this idea to people, but – and I said poo-poo. And um, – <laughs> but that, that I'm going to say, you know, no. For me, the next one that I have, the next wild, wacky, crazy, enormously strange – Wacky, even did I say that yet? Yeah, I think you said. Oh, okay. Wacky Anyways, um, <laughs> is uh, Walter White from Breaking Bad is actually Malcolm from Malcolm in the Middle? Okay, now bear with me here. I kind of like this one. <laughs> okay, the the idea between this one is, okay, some people try to compare the character that Brian Cranston played on Malcolm in the Middle to the character that he played in Breaking Bad. This thing posits the idea that um, that we never learn Malcolm's last name. It could be Malcolm White. <laughs> so I kind of go along with this. Okay, and the thing is, a lot of people tend to grow up to look like their dads. So, you know, Frankie Muniz's character could have grown up to look like Brian Cranston's character of Hal, and. The idea is that his middle name was Walter, and that he decided to go by Walter White as an adult, mm-hmm. and uh, he did have a very close, on the TV show, a very close relationship with his grandfather, whose name was Walter, and it was on his dad's side. So he could be Malcolm Walter White. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he grew into, and he was a he was a really smart scientific kid, so he could have grown into a chemistry teacher, and uh, became Walter White. Yeah, I, their personality is so different, though. I mean, like, not, you know, not at the beginning. Oh no, because I mean, the thing is, I think Walter White is the character that changes the most in the history of any television yeah, show I mean, because, and it's slow change, so it's it's slow burn, and that's what makes it really good and realistic. Because when he starts out, he's kind of a dorky guy kind of like Malcolm yeah so you know this one I can buy it's possible yeah Yeah. but I do like the comedy thing that they did after the show went off the air though and they had a scene where uh Brian Cranston woke up in uh in bed with his wife from Malcolm in the Middle and said and said the whole thing was a dream like Bob Newhart (laughs) did on Newhart (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah so that that, that's a that's a that's a good theory too Mm mm-hmm Okay. It's decent, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. I don't totally buy it, but we're going to, you know. We're going to. Just... I, I think it's a, it's a lot higher than the Jack and Jack is a time traveler in the yeah. Titanic one. Okay, keep on trucking. We're going to find something really good. Okay. The next one, I really like this one too. Ferris Bueller is just a figment of Cameron's imagination. So Ooh. in the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, that the movie is a lot more like Fight Club than you might think. And this one, I, I do kind of. By it, okay. The thought, he the 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 idea is like because Cameron's this nerdy, kind of shy, afraid guy, who only comes out of his shell when it comes when when it because of Ferris. Mm-hmm. So, the idea is that uh, that uh, Ferris's day only exists inside Cameron's mind. Like the whole movie takes place oh, wow. inside Cameron's mind, and in in his mind, he's imagining a day. Where he would uh, go out with his buddy, 
and uh, and like Ferris is basically his other half, part of him okay. as well. And basically, he goes out on this day. And the whole movie is uh, in Cameron's mind, and Sloane is a girl that he has a crush on. And uh, and basically, Ferris is an idealized version of himself who is not afraid to talk to her. Okay, I actually. Actually, you could see that whole that it, I, this one holds up in a lot of a ways lot because the, I've seen that movie millions of times. The yeah. only thing that puts kind of wrenches in this are some of the other characters that don't interact with oh, Cameron. Yes, yes, the same. And like, like you know, Ferris's family, right. or or well, the scene or the scenes with Ferris's sister and Charlie Sheen's character at the uh, police station and stuff like that that have nothing to do with Cameron's story. Yeah, I guess. Or unless he just also dreamed that dreamed up. Dreamed all that up, yeah, but which like I, is kind of weird. But I know some of the things, like, like for example, like, it was always Cameron that was, like, calling, like, pretending to be someone else. Oh, yeah, like, like, so like pretending always, to be Sloane's dad and so other yeah, things. So, yeah, it was always him doing it, not, not yeah. Ferris. Of course, that could just be, oh, well, he's got a lower voice than me or whatever. But still, yeah. it's, it's it kind of interesting. I mean, this one's a little a lot higher than the uh, Titanic one, maybe a little lower than the Walter White one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And I kind of like too, because like, because Sloane, even though like she clearly is, is dating Ferris, there's also a few moments where she's kind of like, acts a little bit, I guess, kind of flirty, too sweet to him. Than yeah, she, norm- she's normally, a little, a little flirty with Cameron. Uh, yeah, normally wouldn't. I mean, not not always, but yeah. normally wouldn't usually uh, do something like that. Yeah, like if of. if we were hanging out, and one of our girlfriends was with, with with us. I don't think she would be flirting with the other one of right. us. Right. Yeah, so I noticed that like there yeah. was a scene where where he, um, he was like had like his head on her shoulder like or something like that. Or she had his, yeah. I think it was him had his head on her shoulder, kind yeah. of like, taking a nap sort mm-hmm. of, and she just kind of let him do it like yeah. whatever you know you normally unless they just were a really I mean, close maybe they're just the close you know threesome of friends which yeah. happens yeah I mean so um yeah so I mean like on a on a scale of one to ten I give this one maybe a five yeah but yeah that's still a good one um. The next one is one I've heard many, many times. Okay, the show Murder, She Wrote. You remember that show? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Jessica Fletcher, the main character played by Angela Lansbury, is actually a serial killer. <laughs> I've heard this theory before. <laughs> I've also heard it applied to other shows like Diagnosis Murder and other shows where it just, you know, it's like very coincidental that the main character is always around murder. Yeah. Because like, like in this show... Because I'm going to apply it to Diagnosis Murder as well, because I've heard that one. Like, Diagnosis Murder, like, in this one, she's a writer. Diagnosis Murder, he's a doctor. Neither one of them really work in the law enforcement, even though they know people that do. When you have a show like, you know, CSI or Law and Order or something, of course you're going to have a murder every week, because that's a procedural cop show. Mm -hmm. But when you have a show about a doctor or a writer, and every week they happen to be around a murder like i don't know about you i've been alive 40 almost 41 years um how many murders have you been around none zero same here yeah miss fletcher here (laughs) but she writes about these things so yeah but she but she's a fiction writer but Oh, it's right. Well, but it's not writes, like it's um, not like she's it's not like she's a, a it's I mean, the thing is, if, if you were like a, a homicide reporter. It yeah. would make more sense, but it seemed like she's a she's a she, she writes like murder mystery novels. OK, yeah. See, now and I so for her to 
be around murder like everywhere she goes and and all, most of these murders a lot of them took place in the in the small town that she lived in Cabot Cove which is a small town and, and if I lived in a small town um yeah, people just kept dying like a murder every single week I would get a little suspicious here and they're not and it's not like it's a serial killer either it's a different killer each week well, that's how she plants the evidence each time. Yeah. Or, so, or so, so the just, idea is that maybe she's a serial killer who's just like, you know, um, yeah, yeah, like you're saying, like she's planning the planning, like basically she's she's framing all these other poor innocent people. How does she do that week week in and week out? That's like yeah, really from really, you know for ten years, uh, twelve years oh, from nineteen eighty four to nineteen ninety six, oh, okay. and then some movies after that too. So for twelve years, she was <laughs> able to not only kill. A person each week, but also frame another person yeah. each time. And so you think about it. I mean, like sh- sh- shows run, you know, like about nine months yeah. a year. So, I mean, and there's like twenty, you know, like twenty two episodes a year of a show normally, or twenty four back then maybe. Right. So times times twelve. What is that? Uh, that's that's like uh, I don't know, but that's that's, that's a, a lot. Lot. Yeah. I know it's over two hundred. Yeah. So it's over 200 murders. Over 200 murders within 12 years that town. are happening around one woman. And They're not all in the same town. Sometimes when she travels. Oh, okay. But the thing is, when she travels, they happen, oh, too. Oh, wow. So that's even more of a proof. Yeah. Evidence right like, there. you know, and my thing is, is are there other murders going on in Cabot Cove when she's not there? Or or not. <laughs> and plus, too, this, I read about this. This town only has yeah. about, like, 2,000 residents. So if, if that many murders is such a small town, it's like, I would Yeah, the, I would yeah so it's like 350,000. Oh yeah, and it says two hundred and seventy-four killings in this in the in the length wow. of the show that took place in Gabbett Cove, in a town of like two thousand people. So that's kind of a, that, like what percentage of that? that that's, that's a lot. That's, that's, that, that that would make Cabot Cove the murder capital yeah, of the country, the, at least, or maybe the world. Yeah, you know, by by you know by percentage. And who who would just want to live there at that point? I mean, you're going to have more than. 274 murders sometimes in a year in like Chicago, but those are big cities though. But those are big cities. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't go by quantity. You go by no. the, the, the percentage. Yeah. Rate so, of, uh, yeah. So wow. this, so, so basically Cabot Cove is the most dangerous city in America. Possibly the world. Yes. Okay. So, I so mean, don't move to Cabot Cove, Maine. You know what? A lot of creepy stories take place in Maine. You notice that? Like yeah. all Stephen King's. Books. Oh yeah, well that's because Stephen King's from Maine. Oh, but okay. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but that's the thing. Maine probably hates the fact because they're they can't get any tourism because all these stories about like serial killers or or, <laughs> or like you know quiet and and like foggy Maine. Don't drive at night because the roads are curvy and you might find a guy standing in front of you in the road with like a axe or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's what, seriously, that's... Or, or, or some random, you know, fear-based thing that looks like a clown is going to start attacking yeah, you. And, literally, when I think yeah. of Maine, I that actually, literally the first thing I think of is a foggy night and my car breaking down yeah. and someone, like, walking on the road. That's what I think well, of when I think of Maine. Well, there are many reasons I've never visited Maine, <laughs> and that's one of them. Yeah. I don't know if I would, to be honest, at night, at least. No, no. In the daytime, sure. Yeah, let's go to Maine in the day. Just for a day, and then we leave. And then we leave gonna, before it gets like dark out. <laughs> Seventeen hours to drive there. I'm not saying go far into Maine. We just go into like the closest city to the border. <laughs> and then as soon as the sun goes down, we just drive into the next state. <laughs> oh, we're safe now. We're not, we're not in Maine anymore. <laughs> and then if we want to visit things in Maine, we wake up the next day yeah, and we, we go wait, to a hotel in another keep... state. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Gotta make sure we. St- 
the sun. Ooh, the sun don't set in Maine. That's a good Ooh. title for something. A, a book right there. Or the, the sun, sun don't rise in Maine. Ooh, there we go. It's always dark. Yeah, and scary. I can actually pitch that to Stephen King. Hey, can I can I get you to write half the book for me, and then I'll write the other half, and then we can both make yeah. money from it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he'll be up I'll for that. I'll just bank off your name for to sell it. You know, Stephen King is actually a really cool guy. I know. He uh, the th- the thing I find really cool about him is um, I'm on a little tangent about him, even though this has nothing to do with Jessica Fletcher. But um, yeah. <laughs> well, well, he she was a murder mystery writer, so is he. Yeah. Um, the uh, <laughs> the um, he uh, he allows people to take his short stories as long as they're not making money off of them and turn them into and turn them into. Uh, films oh. for a dollar okay all you got to do is send them a dollar and you can do it yeah like i had friends in college like a lot of college kids will do that like for their class projects or something like that they'll take one of his short stories and turn it into a movie he'll let you adapt it as long as you're not going to make money off of it it's pretty cool yeah so it's pretty cool cool guy okay so yeah and that one i i i think i really think that sweet old angela lansbury as jessica fletcher is a serial killer <laughs> And by proxy, I think I'm going to apply that to uh, Mark Sloan on Diagnosis Murder. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, Perry Mason as well. And um, all these other shows where somebody's not... I mean, the, the the lawyer thing makes a little more sense dealing with, you know, criminals and right. murderers and stuff. But there's there's some of these shows where it's like... I don't know. What about Castle? That's another interesting one. Yeah, but, he's, but he's, he, he's a writer, uh-huh. but he's working with a cop. But then again, so is, but then again, I guess you can say the same thing for Jessica Fletcher and Mark Sloan because Mark Sloan's son is a, is like a cop on Diagnosis Murder and there's a, uh, there, there's a, like a police, you know, sheriff or something. I can't remember his name that, uh, works with, uh, Jessica on Murder She Wrote from Cabot Cove, like the head of the cops. But, but still, that many murders in that small town. Yeah. At least, uh, you know, like some of these other shows, like, take place in bigger cities. Mm hmm. Like, I mean, I don't know where Castle takes place. It takes place in, like, L.A. or New York or something. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And so, to, and, and, and then, uh, you know, it's a bigger city. I think it's, like, Los Angeles on, on Diagnosis Murder. So I'll let those all pass as being just, you know, they call in the doctor to, to you know, or the, or, the, uh, or the writer to do that. But in a small town like Cabot Cove, 274 murders in 12 years. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's like the size of, like, Sylvania. Well, no, no, it's even smaller than Sylvania. Yeah, Sylvania, Ohio, which is a... That has, like, at least, like, what, yeah. 20,000 people? Or I mean, this is, like, this is like a really small suburb so type town like or something. this is, like, even smaller than that. So imagine... This is, like, like around here we have, like, White House, Ohio or something, or, uh, or like, you know, a small town like that, maybe... I don't, I don't know if it would be 350,000. Like, that means like one out of twenty people. Maybe thirty-five hundred people there. Yeah, that means like one out of twenty people have a chance of being murdered in this town. That's pretty bad. Like that's right on the on the sign that greets you when you yeah, drive into the town. In Maine, general, it says that. Yeah, yes, one, one out of one out of twenty of you is gonna die. Good luck. <laughs> By the way, we have good seafood here, so yeah, uh, get it while you can. Yeah, because you're gonna get stabbed. Get some Maine lobster, and that's you know M A I N E, not M A I N. Like oh, the main lobster. No, anyways, that's a bad How I Met Your Mother joke. Wow. Anyways, um, <laughs> the uh, I'm gonna end this here with my granddaddy big Ooh. favorite theory of all time of anything <gasps> ever. This is what we call 
the Tommy Westfall universe hypothesis. It's got a fancy title, Mm -hmm. so you know what that means. Mm -hmm. It's wild and wacky. It's wild and, yeah. Wacky. Mm -mm. Wacky. No. You don't like that word. I don't like that. I don't like the way it's said. Wacky. The way I say it? That kind of. Wacky. Well, that's, no. Wacky. Now that's just kind of dark and disturbing now, but. Wild and wacky. Rattle. Okay. Anyways, folks. Um. Okay. So, in the eighties, there was, okay, before Grey's Anatomy, before ER, there was Saint Elsewhere, and they did it best, in my opinion. As much as people love Grey's Anatomy, and as much as I loved ER, um, <laughs> no comment on Grey's Anatomy. Anyways, um. <laughs> The show, okay, there was a show called St. Elsewhere that ran for six years. And then in, 1980, in, in 1988, when it, on the series finale, they pulled a major plot twist. Major, major plot twist. There was a character named Tommy Westfall who was the autistic son of Dr. Westfall, who was one of the characters on the show. Okay, um, it is strongly suggested at the end of the series that all along, with all of its characters and mishaps and other happenings that were going on in this show, they were all inside the mind of Tommy Westfall. He had, at, the way the show ended is he's in this room, he has a uh, snow globe in his hand, um, if I'm remembering correctly, it's been a while since I've seen this clip. He has a snow globe of the hospital scene elsewhere, and uh, he's just looking at it. His dad comes home, and, and, and it's Westfall, but he's not a doctor. Comes home, and uh, one of the other doctors is sitting there, this older doctor um, that um, Norman Lloyd played, um, is sitting there as well, like as his, what appears to be like the dad of Westfall now, even though he was a different doctor in the hospital. And... Westfall comes home and he's wearing like a hard hat and some overalls and stuff like that. And, you know, I can't remember exactly like that, but, you know, he looks like he's a construction worker. He uh, says, oh, what's the what's the boy been doing? He's just he's just been sitting there staring at that snow globe or something like that. And that total thing Mm -hmm. implies that and you realize that it's St. Elsewhere that he's looking at and you realize that, wait, Westfall's not a doctor anymore. This whole thing is inside Tommy's head. Mm -hmm. Inside the mind of a small autistic boy played by Chant Allen. Um, so, here's where it gets freaky. Really freaky, yeah. Really, really freaky. Okay, so, there were instances where, I mean, we can go more in detail about this. There's a whole, there's whole, you know, you can look, up, look this up. Just look up the Tommy Westfall universe on, um, online. There, there were crossovers within this show with other shows, characters from other shows, and then these characters appearing in other shows as well from this show. There was a crossover in, with Cheers because both shows took place in Boston. So during the actual show, like some of the doctors went to Cheers to have a beer. And the characters of Norm and all them, Norm and um, 
I don't know, all whatever the other character's name. Cliff, there we go. And, um, Cliff and, yeah, um, yeah, and then, you know, all, all the characters, Sam Malone and all them, appeared in that episode. At least a couple of them. I don't know which ones. But that implies that inside the same universe of seen elsewhere, Cheers exists. Mm. So that means, by proxy, Cheers is inside Tommy Westfall's head. So by that, Frasier, which oh is a spinoff God. of Cheers, is inside Tommy Westfall's head. And then still makes the, the, the character of Fraser Crane and Lilith Crane mm-hmm. appeared on a couple episodes of Wings. Oh so that means Wings is inside Tommy Westfall's head. There are so many shows that this ends up linking to. Right. Characters from... There are several characters from uh, from St. Elsewhere that appeared in an episode or two, or two of Scrubs. So that means Scrubs is oh inside God. Tommy Westfall's head. So it's not just shows from that time period. It's anyone that's... It's any show that references another show that is somehow referenced back to St. Elsewhere is all inside this... Inside this... Uh, inside this thing and there's at least 375 if not more television shows that by proxy including the simpsons the x-files because through this show you have um um the show is somehow connected to homicide life on the street which then connects to munch the character of detective munch who then appeared on law and order svu for several years as a main character and the character of Munch has also appeared in more shows than any other character in history. Oh, my God. Yeah, all played by Richard Belzer. So he was on The Wire. He was on oh he, he was on um, the regular Law & Order. He was, in, um, he was in Sesame Street. He was in um, – so Sesame Street is inside Tommy Westfall. Oh, Westfield's. my God. He, uh, he appeared on Arrested Development in character as Munch. He um, – you know, so so basically, through Richard Belzer, you get a lot more that are all inside of Tommy Westfall's head. You know, yeah. he, was, he was on the X Files, he was on Simpsons. Um, yeah, you, you've got. You can even connect. I'm not sure exactly how, but you can connect the facts of life. You can connect Friends. You can connect Doctor Who over in Great Britain. Even wow, yeah. There's, it's it's really fun to look at. Like if you mm-hmm. if you go to the to the uh, Tommy Westfall universe. You can look it up online. And um, you can see... Like, every connection, yeah. every kind of, like, link or whatever, like a... like Yeah. Kind of like, you know, like, where people have, like, conspiracies, like, on yeah, a they, wall. Like they, kinda... they, they have a whole grid and everything wow. on there. Oh. Yeah, it gets, it gets really crazy. Like, it, okay, there's shows from... I mean, just, just going down this list here which was last updated in August of 2016, so it's been a little while since they updated even, so there's probably more added on here. You've got shows from 24 to 90210 to 704 Hauser to Adam 12 to uh, you've got All My Children even, the TV, you know, the the, uh, the um, soap opera. You've got the short-lived Andy Barker P.I. with, um, with, with, uh, with Andy Richter. You've got Benson. You've got Becker. You've got uh, you got Buffy the Vampire Slayer in there. You've got Caroline in the City. You've got Cop Rock. You've got the Cosby Show. <laughs> Cop Rock. You've got uh, you got the DC's Legends of Tomorrow and all of the other uh, DC shows by proxy. Like you know, you got you know all those. Um, 
You have the Danny Thomas show from back in the day. You've got um, Erie, Indiana, um, the Drew Carey show, Family Matters, Frasier, as I said before, you know, Full House and Fuller House by proxy. You've got uh, General Hospital because General Hospital takes place, obviously, in the same universe as All My Children and One Life to Live and all those. So that's, yeah. Then you got Girl Meets World, Boy Meets World, <laughs> which is funny because uh, Girl Meet, um, Boy Meets World, um, uh, Dr. Craig on St. Elsewhere was played by the same actor who played Mr. Feeney. So, yeah. I, so, I thought that it had to be the character, not just the actor, right? It's the character, yeah. They, he references St. Elsewhere oh, okay. on there oh, wow. talking about it, it. It's referenced in the show, so then it's by proxy referenced, and he's not he's not... He's playing two different characters in the same universe oh by proxy. Because, like, the same thing is, like, Becker and Cheers both fall into this universe, and Ted Danson's in both shows. Right. So... You got like Happy Days. You've got Hanging with Mr. Cooper. You've mm-hmm. got I Dream a Genie. Joni loves Chachi. Oh, but those uh, shows took place before, though. So how does that work? Like shows that came out in the sixties, like Doctor. So, I'm not trying to interrupt you. No, no, no. It, it's a good question. <laughs> Basically, what what will happen is if if uh, if somehow those shows are connected to another show that is part of this universe, then they become part of that universe. Mm. So like if a show like like let's say show A takes place in 19, you know they. Uh, you know, premiered in like in the 80s or something. It takes place back then. But a character from that was referenced in a show that's currently on the air as being a real person. Or if, the, or if one of the characters from that show appears as a, in a guest spot as that character. Like, let's say, I'm, I'm just making this up, but like, let's say a character from Happy Days appears in an episode of, I don't know, um, Grey's Anatomy. Not mm-hmm. that that would ever happen, but you know, I'm just coming up with two things. Then... Then, um, if Grey's Anatomy is somehow connected to this universe, then automatically Happy Days becomes okay. part connected to that universe. Okay. Not that that would happen, but I'm, I'm that didn't happen as far as I know, folks. So I'm just letting you know. <laughs> that makes sense. So, I just gave two examples. Just so like Doctor Who. Doctor Who started off in like the early '60s, but since yeah, but but some, yeah, and plus it's still on the air, so it's oh, got right. people. You know, there's things like that. Um, one of them that might interest you is Degrassi. The whole Degrassi universe is part of this too. So this, oh th- th- this, this jumps borders into Canada, jumps borders into wow. Great Britain. It just goes everything because there's there's an episode of Degrassi Junior High where one of the they're in a hospital over the announcements. This is a really far fetched one, but it actually works because they did later on say that they were referencing that character when they wrote this thing. I can't remember which I think it might even be Dr. Westfall oh, wow. is is paged at the hospital. And the reason he was paged is because some of the writers on uh, on Degrassi Junior High were fans of St. Elsewhere. Wow. But you've got everything from, you know, Mission Impossible to Moesha to this, more. This kid is like, yeah, uh, like a, a, a writing genius. Like, yeah, you got both versions of The Office. Oh, my God. Um, you've got. Uh, what else is kind of interesting? Seinfeld. Um, Shameless. Um, you've got. Uh, Touched by an Angel, Trapper John M.D. Because all of the MASH shows are involved in this, too. So. Oh, wow. You've That's... got Without a Trace, Wonder Woman, um, Young and the Restless. So, you know, um, the oldest show on the list, which first aired in 1951, um, it, it was um, is I Love Lucy. Um, so in that, uh, 
and there's currently at the time in, in 2016 when they made this list there were currently 49 shows that were on the air at that point that were in the Tommy Westfall universe wow P- please tell me that one of the shows that's missing from this universe has something to do with like a big crash like a like a lots, lots of like debris you know floating around like you know uh, let, let me... I, hope, I hope that's missing out of this just just you know maybe not but hope against hope type of deal it's not on the list. Oh, my God. Well, there we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're speaking of Big Bang Theory, oh, no. folks, and I don't really care. It just got canceled <laughs> after 12 glorious 12 years. 12 years, yeah. That's yes. a long time. Um, yeah, but like I said, the whole Degrassi universe is in there, and, like, you know, you've got, like, Cosby Show and Different World, which are in the same universe. They're part of it. Um, <laughs> this kid's, like, all over the place. Like, he's got he's got ideas for yeah, every you got, show. you got both the sitcom ER and the... And the uh, and the and the show ER are both part of this, which uh, yeah, there was a sitcom named ER which also featured George Clooney, which was only on for one season. Whoa. And George, George Clooney, and it was on 1984. So yeah, look it up sometime. It's interesting <sighs> to see George Clooney was in it as like an orderly or something, and um, it was a sitcom on I think it was on NBC as well. Yeah, and Elliot Gould was in it too, and yeah, it was about an ER hospital. But then he ended up getting cast later on in the drama er that's, that's like bizarre yeah i like too how like as as this kid gets older like the theory almost seems to fit because like as he gets older like the shows get more like serious and like also yeah. like adult humor even like arrested development it almost seems like yeah like trajectory- well tv in itself gets more sophisticated for the most part except for some shows which yeah. aren't listed here <laughs> anyways um <laughs> Folks, if you're just <laughs> tuning in for the first time, uh, I have to admit something. What's that? Okay. There's this show. I think I just mentioned it a minute ago. Maybe not mention it again. Yeah, I'm not going to say the if name. If we want to work, you know, we don't want to yeah. alienate too many people. I, I will tell you this. I really respect Chuck Lorre. Mm-hmm. He wrote the lyrics to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, theme song back in the 80s. Some of his best work. And... um. I would love to work with you, sir, someday. Well, I, I really like Mom. And Dar- he Dharma that. and Greg. Dharma, Dharma and Greg was good, too. Yes. But uh, why do people like the other show that he was really popular for? I would be happy with Dharma and Greg for 12 seasons. Me, too. That would be a cool. Well, I don't know if it would last that long, but maybe like six or seven. I mean, I'll be, I'll be happy with Mom for 12 yeah. seasons. I mean, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But... <laughs> Two and a Half Men was okay for a while. you know, For the first few seasons. Yeah. And like... I mean, and the other show was good for like a season. Mm-hmm. And the actors on that show are amazing. I'll give him that. Yeah. You know, I think they're all brilliant actors. Mm-hmm. They're they're really great. So Tommy Westfall, folks. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I just find it really cool to look through this. I mean, if you look through this thing, I mean, like the Munsters is involved, uh, Murphy Brown. I'm going through this again. It's just funny. Like speaking of that, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is part of this. Oh my god. Yeah. So that means that Chuck Glory is part of part of the time of, of, his, of his mind. Yes. <laughs> yes. So what if you exist outside of Tommy Westfall's mind? Does that mean that you exist independently of him, or is everything exists in his mind? My thing is, is I have a feeling that somehow, eventually, all shows will be connected to Tommy it, Westfall. Like at some point, like yeah. somehow they will yeah. all. Well, yeah, it's only a matter of time because. But each I mean, one... then, mind you, there are some shows like you can't connect. Like obviously, you can't connect. Um, 
talk shows or well, or you know Saturday Night Live or something yeah, that's like different, that. Though, you know, but that's but um, you know, because I mean, you're not gonna you know, you know, like the Late Show with Stephen Colbert isn't gonna be connected to the Tommy Westfall right. universe. <laughs> but yeah, this is definitely the granddaddy of all mm. all theories. It's the it's it's the alpha and the omega of of um wacky wild theories man wacky is it wacky right <clears throat> wacky now i'm gonna did you some... do you hate it when i say it like that yeah i do okay i'm gonna bring something up i like annoying matt and you're gonna hate me because we've had yeah. this discussion like 15 times already yes go you ahead. know what i'm gonna say no is that there's an episode in community yes where jeff winger is like having like a bunch of drama with his friends at school. And at one point he goes, God, it's like my life is Degrassi high. So yes. my question again, as it was back then, is if all of this is in Tommy Westfall's mind and, and Community's not in his universe because there's no actual characters. Actually, that, Community is so part how, of his universe. It is. So, yes. so what happened then? So that's where it gets kind of okay. tricky because there are shows that, that – there have been television shows like sitcoms and stuff that – part of this universe and they'll even have characters from another show cross over but then later they'll talk about that like okay one example is I do believe like in Blossom if I remember reading this correctly the real person of Will Smith visited her in that but she also talked about watching the TV show Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So, Whoa. and then, or no, no, the, no. What I mean is, the character of Will Smith visited her, not the real person of Will Smith. Oh, okay. That, so, so like the character Will Smith visited her from the Fresh Prince. Like there was a crossover like okay. crossover episode or something. But then later on in another episode, she talked about watching the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So that kind of just like makes you wonder, like. Is it part of the universe or not? That's yeah, that's wild. There, there, there are some things like that too. Like you, you, I've I've seen that before too. Like on other shows, like like there's been times where I've seen it. Yeah, there was like a. I know that like supposedly like all the TGIF shows were all interconnected in certain ways. Like on you know like back in the nineties, and uh, but there were episodes where you know like they'd have a crossover where like Steve Urkel would appear on one show but then you'd also have them talk about somebody watching family matters or you know you'd have somebody talk about watching sabrina the teenage witch but sabrina appeared on their show earlier or something you know it's like it's like cross promotion yeah so 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 that puts a little bit of a puts a little bit of a dent in this theory but i still like to tend to think that all the television i watch Mm -hmm. is inside of tommy westfall's mind well plus tommy may have just done that on purpose Yes. He wanted to, he wanted to give himself more of a challenge, so he's like, "All right, well, I'll just I'll do this now. Yeah. I'll have the character of Will Smith visit Blossom or meet with her, or whatever, and then she'll watch, you know, the Fresh Prince." Because I think I remember during that time that Blossom and the Fresh Prince were back to back. Yeah, one of them start. I'm not sure which one came first or not, but I know that they they were one after the other. And like, sun, was it Saturday or Sunday nights? I don't remember. I think it was and, like Mondays. Actually, yeah, okay, yeah. But yeah, I remember them being. Uh, one right after the other, so that could have been like maybe like a cross promotional thing. You know what it was then? It was probably then Blossom probably came first then because you would have the Fresh Prince 
on that show, and then the next episode would be the Fresh Prince. I don't know. And then I'm gonna have to go with my old TV guides from like 1993, and which you know I don't own anymore. But so yeah, I'm trying to pretty wild stuff it. here. I'm trying to figure out how Community is connected to the Tommy Westfall universe. Okay. Because um, at the time, though, you said it wasn't because there wasn't actually any characters from any of the oh, show. Oh. But my I, question... I know how it's connected. Okay. Okay. It's through a fictional brand of potato chips. Oh, the Let's brand? Let's potato chips. Oh, uh, That's because Let's potato chips appear in Arrested Development mm-hmm. in which Munch also appears. Right. Okay. So that connects you to everything he was part of. And Let's was in a whole bunch of shows. Like, like it was a whole company that just made fake chips, right? Oh, yeah. They're, they're on Brooklyn Nine-Nine all the time, too. It's Let's. just like a... There's a company that makes fake props for TV shows. Yeah. But the but the most popular show to ever have Let's on it is Community. Yeah, because they make every, a big deal about it. And now it's on, like, a bunch of shows. Yeah, I noticed that now. So, um... Like, get your hands on But I think Arrested Development might have been the, one of the first shows to have it on there. Wow. But, um... Or maybe it was even before that. But there's also... There was also this the Wild Oil Company from the TV show Running Wild also appeared in um, the episode The Psychology of Letting Go, and so I guess that connects it to the Tommy Westfall universe. There's a whole like a uh, there's a Tommy Westfall wiki too as well, so you can go through that and it tells you exactly how oh, man. every show is connected. It gives you a summary of the show and then how every show is connected. So that's awesome. You could probably get onto this uh, rabbit hole, get into this rabbit hole, and uh, never come out. Yeah, be stuck there and just read. You know, and, read and eventually and you'll be inside that snow globe. Yeah, you'll be in. You'll be yeah. part of his. Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe this podcast is inside Tommy. That's Westfall's what I'm saying. Head. What if what if something happens where somehow a character, not yeah. not the actor or actress, but the character, what, what what if they do a show with us, but they go into that character? And I'll technically, all too real too is in Tommy Westfall's mind. What if we're all inside of Tommy That's what Westfall? I'm starting to wonder. What if the world, I the universe, is all inside of a snow globe? Realistically speaking, if a little kid, of course he's not a little kid now, but if a kid turned into an adult is able to come up with 374 shows and counting to date just in his mind, not even writing it down, just all in his yeah. head, I'm pretty sure that he's got the whole universe in his inside mind. his head so he's got the whole <laughs> world in his mind no no <laughs> okay anyways so and hands because he's holding the snow yeah globe, he's so. got the whole world in a snow globe in his hands <laughs> anyways um so yeah this one i'm gonna fully believe yeah i'm and i believe that you me and our listeners oh are my, all inside of tommy oh westfall's head whoa mind, so mind folks blown. have fun inside that snow globe yeah Watch out for the snow. Yeah. And um, you have anything else to say here, Matt, before we sign off? Uh, just have a good night or a good day or, or whatever. Thanks for listening. Yes. As usual. Yes. Because I'm pretty sure most of you are. I know, this ep- I know this episode was a little wacky. Yes, it was. Wacky. Mm. Matt, you're going to kill me. Aren't <clears> you? <throat> okay, folks, if Matt doesn't kill me, we'll be back next time with another episode of All Too Real 2. So, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at cullenpark.com.